Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. What's up, everybody, on this Thursday? I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me in just a few more days until Mississippi State starts their run in Omaha. Uh, That gets started on Sunday, so we have a few days for that. And because we have a few days for that, uh, I want to talk a little bit about a college football story today. Something that came up in the playoff expansion thing. Uh, As you guys know, it's a story that I've that I love. I love the fact that we are um, considering, not considering, it's going to happen. College football playoff will be expanding to 12 teams. I mean, that's that's going to happen. There's no doubt about that. It's going to happen. Um, there's another layer to it about conference divisions that I think is fascinating. So I'm going to talk about that. And also... Um, and JP, something may have changed in that regard. Um, may not be going after all. So that, that may have changed. The weather on the coast is looking terrible. So that, uh, there may be a rescheduling here coming up a little bit later today. But either way, uh, there is, there, there's this idea out there, this proposition that because the college football playoff is expanding to 12 and, the highest-ranked conference champions will get in, which would leave room for a mostly a Power 5 champion that isn't ranked high enough to not get included. Let's say an 8-4 and four Pittsburgh happens to somehow beat Clemson in the ACC championship, they wouldn't go to the playoff. And so these conferences may not want that to be the case. And so there's this idea out there that would maybe scrap divisions to avoid it. So we're going to talk about that. Would the SEC do it? Why I think they will not do it and why I think they should. Uh, All of that. Also, on the Mike Bianco front, there's nothing new, nothing really new as of this morning. Uh, I have done a lot of speculation. I've done a lot of guessing. I've done a lot of telling you what I think, but not necessarily what I know, because right now nobody really knows a a whole lot uh, of anything. Um, Ben Garrett got some quotes from Keith Carter last night, and um, it's what you should. I mean, it's good reporting. It's just like what Patrick McGee did. It's good reporting, but I don't think it advances the story at all. Keith Carter didn't really say anything. I mean, yeah, he said, you know, we we talked and everything's good, and he's going on vacation right now and all that stuff. That's what a good athletic director should do. Use a lot of words to say nothing. Nothing was said yesterday. Nothing was added. So we're still waiting to see what happens there. I have been very uh, um, very vocal about a lot of things in terms of this search and, and where Ole Miss should go and how Ole Miss fans should view their program and stuff like that. It's, it's been a lot. We got a little heated on the radio show yesterday towards the end because I think I I truly think Ole Miss people need to hold themselves in their program to a higher standard than they do. 
because some people, the the acceptance of what they've gotten because, well, it could be worse or it was worse, I think that's that's kind of a loser's mentality. Um, do you think you should be competing for championships? If that answer is yes, then expect that. And if you don't get it, be disappointed and, and instead of making excuses. That's just me. Um, but I mean, what's so unique about this situation with Mike Bianco, LSU, does he go, does he not go? It's kind of a situation where you feel like Ole Miss doesn't lose, right? Because, I mean, keeping Mike Bianco, uh, please try to tell me why that's a bad thing. You can say it's not the best thing, which is kind of where I fall in, but it's not a bad thing. Keeping a coach that is, I mean, winning games and hosting regionals and always fielding a competitive team, if that's the worst case scenario here, you're in pretty good shape. Because if he turns down LSU or they don't offer or whatever happens, if Mike Bianco does not go to LSU, he will return to Ole Miss and he will have a good team next year that will win games next year and a bunch of people will show up and they'll be competitive and and all will be good. Like that's the worst case scenario here. So I think um, I mean, if that's the, the worst that happens, you're, you're pretty good. And if he does happen to take the LSU job, it gives you a chance to make a run at a couple of candidates that could elevate your program, one of which I think would absolutely elevate your program. Um, so it's um, – I don't think there's really a bad outcome here, honestly. Um, I really don't think there's a bad outcome. So, uh, but I want to talk college football today. I'll get to some of your messages on this note, and then I want to talk about this this story out there, this proposition about scrapping divisions. I do want to remind you, though, that if you are watching this for the first time, uh, I do this every morning, Monday through Friday, right about 8 a.m., sometimes a little bit after, um, on Periscope, which is how most of you watch, or YouTube, my YouTube channel, just search my name right there and hit that subscribe button, um, and... Facebook, find my Facebook page, and in podcast form. Wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning, or my name should turn up results, leave a rating and a review after you subscribe. I would greatly appreciate that. So some of your messages messages have uh, have come in. I'll get to those and then tell you where this is coming from and all that stuff, because this is fascinating to me. I have hated the way that the SEC, uh, really only in football, does scheduling since I realized what it was like. And just the idea, the prospect of it changing is very exciting to me. But we'll start with this. Zach says, Tabs Temple, you don't have to wake up early for Mike in the morning if you just pull an all-nighter. What were you doing all night, man? What were you doing? Um, is Are you a, a third shift guy or, or are you still in school studying? If you're pulling all-nighters for summer session, <laughs> or either that or you're just having a good time, I don't know. Um, Zone Buster says, why do we have conference divisions anyway? It's a hell of a question. I think it's to preserve rivalries, but I don't know. I mean, it's just how it's always been. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Like back in the early 1900s, maybe it's travel. I don't know. I don't know why, but they could be coming to an end. At least I hope so. Zach also says, in my current NCAA 14 run, all the conferences are 10 teams, so nine game conference schedules and no CCG, and honestly, I like it a lot. <laughs> JP says, and just when I thought I'd found me a go-to media guy for reliable, original daily content, turn the podcast on and Cross is reading and defending your tweet yesterday. 
<laughs> well, we got into it later in the show, though. So uh, he he def- he defended me, and then you know didn't like what I was saying. So he said, "Just kidding." Some fan education is needed. Not everyone has an understanding of beat blogger, journalist, news reporter, and lastly, the speculator. It all gets lumped together. That, that's kind of a problem in our business right now. Uh, and, and it's all media, too. I mean, people get so mad about, here's an example, like what Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson says on their shows. Well, how, how, can, how can a news organization have Tucker Carlson say what, what he says? Well, because Tucker Carlson... He's not a reporter. He's an opinion guy. That That's what he's doing. He is taking something and giving his spin on it. That, that's what he is. Um, he's an opinion guy. And generally, he's very conservative. So he's going to have opinions that are maybe different, sometimes out there. Sometimes a lot of people don't like, but people think that because he's on Fox, he has to only be a reporter. No, that's not what he is. You should never take him as a reporter. He's an opinion guy. Columnists are opinion guys. Nick Suss at the Clarion Ledger is a reporter. This, that, that's, that, that's the difference. I am not a reporter. I'm not on a beat. What I think my job is is talking sports with people who like sports. I give opinions. It's a lot of conjecture. It's a lot of um, speculation, projection. That's what I'm supposed to do. Because my job isn't to report. It's to get you guys to talk and, and listen to me, to entertain you, and sometimes to inform you, and sometimes to get you inside information if I can get it. But I'm not a beat writer. I can give my opinion. I can tell you Mississippi State sucks or Ole Miss sucks all day long, and it doesn't hamper my job. A beat reporter should not do that because they are simply a reporter. A columnist can do that. A radio host can do that. It's all different, and we all offer different things. Red Cup Rebellion and For Whom the Cowbell Tolls, they are they're, they're fans, in, in some cases students of the schools. That's what they are, and that's good. And, and I, I love content that comes from places like that because th- they are fans for whom the Cowbell Tolls wants Mississippi State to win every game and Ole Miss to lose every game and, and vice versa. The, all of those things are different from each other trying to capture a similar audience. So, yeah, a, a guy that I think he was upset with me for just kind of speculating about what I think, it, It's that's my job, man there is an absence of information. And when there's an absence of information, people like me fill that because that's what you guys are talking about with your friends, with your coworkers, with your spouses. You guys are talking about it. Does Mike Bianco take the job? Hell, I don't know. I don't know what LSU's offered him. I don't know how his meeting with Keith Carter went yesterday, but I can sure as hell speculate. As long as you put the caveat there, which I think I do. If I'm if I'm telling you guys something that I don't have, like, sourced, I tell you. I tell you that. But to to be upset with somebody in this business for speculating about a coaching search, well, you're in the wrong place, man. Sid says, um, one thing Keith didn't say was that Mike would be the Ole Miss baseball coach next season. Yeah, he was – if you read his quotes very closely – He said nothing by saying a lot, but he also made sure he didn't say certain things. And I had somebody say, 
Well, it, it based on what Keith said, it doesn't sound like uh, Mike Bianco's leaving. I said, what do you mean? How can you take one thing or the other? Because currently, Mike Bianco is the head coach at Ole Miss. So Keith Carter is going to say nothing other than, He's a great coach. We love having him here. Excited for next year. Like that's that's what he has to say. He's not going to say anything else. And he also didn't say anything that was untrue. He is a good coach. They did have a good season. Not a great season. Not they didn't go to Omaha, but it was a, a good season. That a lot of good happened this year for them. There's just things that he didn't say, and there's a there's a reason for that. Yeah, JP and and he says, you guys don't always get the best rap or get too much heat for simply relaying info. Um, uh, it's it, That's the frustrating part. Is like I, I said on Friday of last week or Thursday of last week that I think that Mike Bianco will take the LSU job if offered. That I think that that's where he will go. And somebody, undoubtedly, if he doesn't, will say, ha-ha, you're an idiot. Like You were wrong. Like, no, I was just telling you what I thought was going to happen. That's all that is. And and anyway, people want you to talk about stuff, and then when you do and get it wrong, they, they make fun of you for it. But Colin Cowherd, I know you guys like to make fun of Cowherd, but he's exactly right when he says this. Um, your audience, your real audience, not like trolls on Twitter, but your real audience will never punish you for being wrong. He said they'll punish you for being inauthentic, and I think that's that's a great way to look at it. You guys will never punish me. When football season comes and I'm still doing this and there's more of you, hopefully, um, if I get a prediction wrong, if I say, hey, I think Mississippi State's going to beat NC State this weekend, the real ones, my real audience that that I actually care about doing good work for, you guys won't come on Monday if they lose and get mad at me. You'll punish me for being inauthentic, not for being wrong. Zach, uh, still in school, working on a paper. Dang, man, I, I don't miss those days at all. I, I miss being in college sometimes, just the lack of responsibility, you know? I mean, not having to worry about medical insurance and stuff like that. I don't miss that part of it. Ugh. Oh, man. All right. All right, let's talk. So all of these these messages now... Oh, Will, you're right, though. He says, I think uh, sports is not generally better at labeling their content compared to a national cable news. Part of the problem is the way the network labels their shows is no opinion, but it's fair and balanced news. You're exactly right. Um, At least, like, when Dan Wolken writes stuff for USA Today, people say, oh, that's bad. Like, that's not good journalism, especially, like, during the coronavirus when he said that football shouldn't play or whatever, that's bad journalism. Well, he's not a journalist. He's not a reporter. He's an opinion guy. I think he often has terrible opinions, but he's not a reporter. He thought that football season should shut down. That's that's an opinion, and, and you know that. He's a, a columnist, but you're exactly right. When you're talking about Tucker Carlson or Don Lemon or, or whoever else is in that kind of realm they do say we're the ones that are telling you the truth we're the honest ones they at the other network they're the enemy we are balanced they are not that kind of stuff and it's all rooted in opinion and partisanship most 
people, it seems, have a hard time distinguishing the difference between opinion and reporting. And in, in news, like political news, that water has been muddied so much that you can't really tell the difference. For us, if somebody's talking on the radio, a sports talk radio guy's not a reporter. Don't don't assume they are a reporter. That's okay. If they have a byline in a newspaper that doesn't say columnist next to it, generally, that's somebody that is a reporter. That's the difference, if that makes any sense at all. It's easier to distinguish uh, between the two in sports. That's a really good point, Will. I didn't think about that. Um, JP says, today we think he's all going to go. I think the human element is being discounted. You've made mention, Bork, Oxford is home. Not everyone loves completely changing their life routines for a few hundred thousand dollars more. That is absolutely a factor in this. They don't necessarily want to leave. You've been somewhere 21 years. Do you want to go? That's a factor for sure. It's up to LSU to make the offer so sweet that you can't say no. But if it's so another, here's what I think based on some conversations I've had and just, you know, general logic. I think that if LSU's offer right now, as I understand it, Mike's making about a million too. So if that offer is a 1.35, he's not going. That's not enough. He won't go. That's my. That's what I think. LSU's got to come in with a million five, a million six, make it where it's significant, big time money to make that move. Because I believe Ben Garrett when he says last night that there's a thinking that Mike Bianco doesn't. He'd prefer to stay at Ole Miss. That he doesn't want to leave. It's up to LSU to decide if they want to make him leave, basically. I believe Ben. I, I, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, All right, let's talk, let's talk football. Because this 12-team playoff situation is fascinating to me. You guys know that I love it. I've talked about it ad nauseum by now. I think it is great for the sport. I think it is great for programs like J.P. Southern Miss. I think it's great for programs like Mississippi State and Ole Miss because in 2014 in 12-team playoff model, those would have been playoff teams, and I promise you that means more, even in an expanded playoff, than the Sugar Bowl or the Peach Bowl that year for Ole Miss and the Orange Bowl. It means more. It can elevate the programs. It can help level the playing field. It will never be completely level, but it can make – Programs like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Virginia Tech, Kansas State, Oregon, even though they've been to the playoff, but bear with me, Michigan State, Iowa State, those kind of programs, far more of them in college football, contenders. And that can really help balance the power, I think, anyway. I think it's great for the sport. But the next layer to this, because that is coming. It won't happen this year, obviously. We had a listener ask us yesterday or the day before, you know, who's going to make the playoff this year now, now that it's expanded? Pump your brakes. <laughs> it is not expanding this year. Probably won't be expanded next year either. Sounds like 2023 is the most plausible year where the 12-team playoff is a thing. But the next layer to this, when it happens, is what do conferences do about the provision that makes this great? That it's the six highest-ranked conference champions. Not 
the Power Five champions and one group of five. It's the six highest-ranked conference champions. Last year, the Pac-12 would have been left out. You would have had Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina getting auto bids, and the Pac-12 would have been left out. So what happens with that provision, not Power Five champions, but the six highest-ranked conference champions, and then they fill in with six at-larges, what happens in this scenario? Clemson goes 11 and 1. They're no, nah, yeah, we'll call it 11 and 1. Sure. And they're ranked number 8 in the country or 7 in the country. Probably too low, but just hear me out. This is a plausible scenario. And they lose to 7 and 5 Pittsburgh in the ACC Championship game. The ACC could possibly be left out of an auto bid. They could possibly be left out of the college football playoff. If Florida beats Alabama last year, you don't have that situation, which makes it different for the SEC. If you're the Pac-12 and Southern Cal is a two-loss team, ranked number 12, they would get in. But what happens if they lose to Eight and four Washington, who's ranked twenty third in the Pac twelve championship game. You could lose your automatic bid. So this idea popped up. T- uh, Pete Thamel was the one that put this out there. He said, "As leagues prepare to discuss the twelve team playoff, the fate of divisions will be in the crosshairs. With more at large bids at stake, leagues may find more urgency to put their two best teams in the league title game." Expect leagues to make a deep dive on the potential impact. There's multiple scenarios to consider, he continues. Could a league's top-ranked team get upset by an 8-4 and four team and end up with the league getting shut out of the college football playoff? Also, could an upset allow two teams in the league to get in, much like the Clemson-Notre Dame scenario from this past season? So, I love that. I love that idea. Because why why I love it mostly is because you play everybody. The current model in SEC scheduling is terrible, guys. It's terrible. It, it doesn't even feel like you're in a, in a league with somebody. It's your six division opponents and then a permanent opponent and one cross-division team. And you have to do home and home. It takes years for you to see every road stadium in the SEC. It takes decades for for that to be achieved. I think divisions in the SEC should be scrapped so it can feel like an actual conference again. And Bill Connolly uh, at ESPN has the pods idea where you divide, we'll do the SEC, for example, into pods of four, if you want to do it that way, where you keep the games that you want to keep. You would put Ole Miss and Mississippi State in the same pod because you want them to play each other every year. You would put LSU in that pod because Ole Miss and LSU, you would like them to play each other every year. And however that may work out. But you group these teams like Alabama would have Auburn and Tennessee and maybe LSU in their pod. Stuff like that. Georgia, Florida in the same group that play each other every year. You give these teams permanent opponents, but just a few of them, three or four of them, 
and then everything else is rotating every year to where there's no more divisions. You just have a couple permanent opponents to keep the third Saturday in October where Alabama just beats the absolute crap out of Tennessee, and we just have to have that game on that day, and we have to put it on CBS even though Alabama is just going to smoke Tennessee like they've done for 15 years now. Um, You can preserve those games. You can preserve the Egg Bowl. Keep it the last game of the year every year. Preserve the Iron Bowl. Last game of the year. Every year. Third Saturday in October, every year, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, even though we can't call it that anymore, um, Georgia, Florida, and Jacksonville. You can keep all of those, but have everything else rotating to where an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State player, when he steps on campus as a freshman, will see every SEC stadium by the time he graduates. That's how it should be. That's what a real division is. That's what, a, or that's what a real conference is, where you have teams that actually play each other with some kind of regularity. I mean, I grew up in South Carolina. Mississippi State and South Carolina play each other how many times in 15 years? Once. I mean, that's ridiculous, and it should never happen that way. That's not even a conference. So I love it. I absolutely love it for that reason, because you get to actually play everybody. The fans get to go to... Columbia, Missouri, even though you may only be one and done in that trip. Um, You get Nashville, you get Gainesville, you get Athens frequently. Those are fun road trips. I mean, there are very few bad fan trips in the SEC. Very few. And even the bad ones, you can still have fun. Like, I, I know this will make people, some people turn their head. I can't stand Tuscaloosa. I I hated, hated visiting there. Wasn't fun for me. But you can make that trip fun. And of course, playing in Bryant Denny is is awesome. But the players, I think they deserve the opportunity to see everything. I think the fans deserve the opportunity to see everything. And it's kind of getting monotonous. Same teams every year, same cross division opponent every year. I mean, I I understand it's fun, but wouldn't a little variety within your conference just enhance the regular season some? I think it would. I really think it would. Instead of Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M every year, you get the Egg Bowl still, and you go to Columbia to play South Carolina, and then the next week you're in Athens. And then Kentucky comes to town. Then you play Texas A&M. And next year you got to go to Tuscaloosa, but you also get Vanderbilt. I don't know. I just I think that would enhance the regular season a lot. It would be better for fans. Um, you must not have looked at the schedule yet. You say, uh, yeah, give Lane Kiffin a shot at Tennessee. It's happening this year. <laughs> He's in Knoxville this year. And uh, despite what was reported out of Knoxville, he didn't consider them at all. Um, yeah, so... Oh, you haven't looked at the schedule. Yeah, Ole Miss is at Tennessee this year. That will be a hot environment, angry environment. And they're not going to be a very good team. So if Lane Kiffin takes Ole Miss in there and beats them by three touchdowns, <laughs> oh, man, there might be a boat on fire in the Tennessee River again if uh, if that happens. But um, that's why I think it will happen. Or that's why I would like it to happen, is because you can actually feel like you have divisions again. 
Why I'm concerned it won't happen in the SEC is because this, the scenarios that are laid out doesn't really apply to this conference. As you guys know, people in positions of leadership, especially around sports, are very status quo. They're very, don't change anything at all, because why would we? Um, and that scenario doesn't really apply to the SEC. Because is a 7-5 and five team winning the SEC East and upsetting Alabama? No. W- without looking at it hard, I would venture to guess that every SEC championship, every single one in recent history anyway, featured two teams that the winner would have made the top six automatic qualifier. Maybe I'm wrong. I doubt it. You could look at those Missouri years, but I mean, I mean they were what nine and three in both of those years. So that's I mean that's an automatic qualifier if they win those SEC championships that they they did not win. Um, yeah, they were they were twelve and two and eleven and three. So. Even the weird thing that pops up in the SEC occasionally with Missouri going to the SEC championship, if they win those games, they're still an automatic qualifier. So that's why I'm concerned that while this would apply to the ACC, while this would apply to the Pac-12, the SEC is probably going to be a little reluctant to do it. The Big Ten, I mean, Northwestern has made the Big Ten championship. If they beat Ohio State, they're not an automatic qualifier. So that's why I'm concerned that it – we won't get movement like that in the SEC. Because Greg Sankey appears to be a very, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of guy. And right now the SEC will get multiple teams in the playoff every single year, and they won't have to worry about their champion not making an automatic qualifier. So that's the only reason why I think you might see this in other conferences, but not this one. I hope I'm wrong because I would love to see more diversity in the schedule. I would like to go on more road trips to cool places because there's a lot of them in the SEC, but those don't exist right now. Those opportunities don't exist right now. Um, JP says it's favorable for State and Ole Miss. Shame on the Rebs. Uh, shame the Rebs don't own Vanderbilt, and likewise for the Dogs with Kentucky. Fans, I would think, wouldn't be thrilled about having to give up the easier league game since the SEC West is well the SEC West. Changing... Uh, over to pod play. Interesting. I think it's a badge of honor to play in the West. Looks better on you when you emerge as one of the better teams. Conference USA did pod play in basketball a few seasons ago and have used it for postseason tournament. I liked it. Got to see teams I generally don't. Yeah, I'm um, I'm with you on that. I, I think that's the benefit. There is kind of a, a badge of honor of playing in the SEC West, but if you're if that's your only selling point, not that you're winning in the SEC West, but you're just playing in the SEC West, how much does that actually help you? Um, the pot idea, I think, is fantastic. Because I don't want to see the Egg Bowl go away, obviously. I don't want to see the Iron Bowl go away. But you guys get jazzed up for Kentucky being your permanent opponent every year? Does that Does that excite you? And then... You know, Mississippi State got Missouri this year. And, I mean, they won't play Florida again for 10 years. I, I don't know. There's some monotony to the scheduling, especially when you, you get in a situation where you've got, like, Alabama and Auburn coming to your place the same year, and it's just always back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I don't know. I think that would add some excitement and, and intrigue to uh, to the season. Just anything to help 
advance interest is a good thing. Sid says, let's go away with specific weekends for games. Also, basically, develop a computer program that would put pod teams together and randomly select the other matchups and weekends. You may have the Iron Bowl or Egg Bowl in the third weekend of September every now and then, and so be it. Would be interesting. There are some people around here that uh, didn't know what to do with themselves because the Egg Bowl wasn't the last weekend of the year. Um, and in some cases, it's caused people to forget that the Egg Bowl actually happened, but that's uh, that's none of my business. Um, that is interesting. I, I think... I think you'd get a lot of pushback on that, but I, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it at all. Especially when the, the third Saturday in October is one that especially bothers me. Why are we protecting that game? Why do other schedules have to get altered to preserve Alabama and Tennessee on that weekend? And, you know, it's still not necessarily always on the third Saturday in October, but why, why do we have to preserve that game? It's been just sheer dominance for a decade and a half. So why, why should we care anymore? You say it's going to take some convincing to get jazzed up about going bowling. That game against Kentucky or Vanderbilt for the Rebs and Mississippi State can go a long way to bowl eligibility compared to Georgia, Florida, or Tennessee in an annual slot. Yeah, I, I mean – that that game certainly helps, but it's not exciting at all, you know. And with the with the pod idea or scrapping divisions, you would hopefully still get Missouri and and Kentucky and Vanderbilt on occasion. South Carolina, I think, is going to be the worst team in the SEC this year. Um, throw Missouri in that rotation, and and there you go. Um, I uh, I like that idea. So that's out there. That that is something that will be considered. I hope the SEC does it. I think it'll more be geared towards the ACC and the Pac-12, but that thinking's out there now. And it wasn't too terribly long ago where people thought expansion was never going to happen because everybody involved said that expansion wasn't going to happen, and yet they were sitting on committees, as we've learned, talking about expansion, pushing it through while they were publicly saying it's not going to happen. So if Pete Thamel's reporting that they are considering somewhere – Scrapping divisions, they're talking about it. And they should. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. I've got to run, guys. I've got to cut it short today. I'm sorry about that. But um, sounds like I'll be back tomorrow. The, the weather on the coast is just not going to be good this weekend. So plans uh, may be changing. I'm not 100%, but be looking out for uh, for the live notification tomorrow because it just might be happening. So thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate all of you. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel and on iTunes and Spotify. And um, possibly going to be back tomorrow. So thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you guys at 3 o'clock today on the radio show. If not, tomorrow morning at 8. Have a good one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.